BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Hi, is this Katie? Oh my God, is this Lau? It is. How are you, Katie? I'm um, about to shoot my pants because I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to talk to you too. What's uh, what's going on with you, man? Um, I was actually just eating some ramen and watching your stream. You were eating some ramen and watching my stream. That sounds nice. I haven't eaten ramen in a while. I know it's high in salt content, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I give any half of a shit about what I put into my body. Uh, Katie, how can I get you today? Um, my father-in-law thinks that the family runs a prostitution ring, which is not true at all. (laughs) Your father-in-law believes that your family runs a prostitution ring? Uh, yeah. (laughs) Why does he think that? Well, he has been, well, I don't know if he's currently on drugs, but he's been on drugs since my husband was, um, an infant. And I think mentally he's not very well. (laughs) Hmm. So you think that he, is there any sort of maybe a misunderstanding of things that he's observing within your family that is causing him to believe this? Um, I don't think so because he thinks that we have millions of dollars, but currently, like, I live in a trailer, so there's no way that we're um, consuming that much money. (laughs) So... Mm -hmm. What is your relationship like with your father-in-law otherwise? Um, we don't talk to him. I haven't talked to him since we got married, actually. Really? What was it like uh, when you were talking to him? Um, that was, um, very interesting. How so? He is just very hard to talk to. He likes to make up stories in his mind about things that aren't true at all and I honestly believe he's a narcissist because Hmm. he doesn't take any other person into concern Hmm. so this whole thing about your family running a prostitution ring is not the only thing that he has made up in his mind um, no, definitely what, not. <laughs> what other stories and, and whatnot has he fabricated? Well, he he said that my husband's friends, when my husband was a teenager, so he was 16, 17 years old, his friends were sleeping with his own mother, um... And, which wasn't true at all, and his little brother, who was 14 at the time, was actively watching them sleep with his mother, and that's what began the prostitution ring. (laughs) So, your father-in-law believes that about himself, that when he was younger, his friends used to sleep with his mother? No, 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 no. My father-in-law believes that his own sons 
friends were sleeping with his what? My current husband. Yes. Yeah. Okay, your okay, okay. So I'm getting the family tree uh, down. So your father-in-law believes that your husband, his son, that his friends yeah. slept with his mother, your father-in-law's wife. Yes. Interesting. Um, and he believes that this was happening a while ago, <laughs> or that this is happening currently. Um, this happened a while ago, but now he thinks that it has progressed to a whole prostitution ring across two different states because we live right on the North Carolina and Tennessee state line. He's actually went to the state bureau of both states and they told him that he needed to get off drugs and there was no proof whatsoever. Um, he's actually taken laptops, uh, cell phones and other things to the police stations. And they've investigated and found no proof whatsoever and just told him that he needed to seek help. What kinds of things is he presenting as evidence on these laptops? Like, what is he saying is evidence that really is nothing? He says that they have been hacked, which I believe he's just locked himself out of the account. And can't get back in, so he thinks that he's hacked. But I don't actually know. He's just not mentally well at all. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, so so these accounts, like, so your father-in-law goes to the police station, shows them that he can't log into his Facebook, and goes, this is evidence of a prostitution ring. Exactly. Exactly. I would also respond with, sir, you need to lay off the drugs. That's how I would respond as well. Exactly. Um, what? Okay, what, what, what is it? What about the mother-in-law? What's going on with her? Well, she's uh, currently trying to get a divorce from him. I'm not really sure because he, he has been back currently and tried to steal things from our previous property that we were renting from we don't live there currently but he tried to steal things from the people that live there currently um so your mother-in-law is trying to, to divorce your father-in-law okay i'm sorry i interrupted she tries to defend him she is trying to divorce him but she also defends him at the same time what does she say in her defense of him that he's not mentally well and that he doesn't mean any harm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about your mother-in-law? Is she sort of mentally okay? Um, I think she's just been abused a little bit by him. I think she's okay. She just needs some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you think that she's been abused by him? Not physically, but mentally, yeah. Okay. And uh, she's okay. She doesn't feed into or or agree with any of these sort of wild things that your father-in-law is putting out there. Oh, no, definitely not. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your husband. What's his whole uh, relationship like with his family? Because it sounds like there's a lot of drama going on there. Oh, there is plenty of drama. Um, He... He loves his mom, but tries not to get too involved. And he has no contact with his dad whatsoever. But I actually, I can get him to talk to you if you want. Sure. Is he cool with that? Um, Let me make sure real fast, but I, I think he should be. Is he in the room with you? He is. Do you want to talk to him? Yeah, I'd love to talk to him. Okay, here he is. There's no way this is a therapy gecko right now. Yeah. What's up, man? What's your name? My name's Chris. <laughs> Chris. How you doing Chris, today? I'm doing good, man. Chris, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I forgot your guys' relationship. Is she your fiance or your wife? She is my wife. Your wife. Okay. Um, right. I guess, in, I guess if it's an in-law, you guys are married. Um well, your wife 
uh, you picked a, a great person to be your wife because she's clearly very invested in you and, and your family and, and cares a lot. Um, I'll say that off the bat. Uh, she was telling me that your father and that your father um, has been sort of losing it. Oh yeah, definitely. I am one lucky guy to have her in my life. But then and again, yeah, my dad's taking a, a toll. I don't I don't know exactly what got to him, but I think it's something he's had, and it's got worse because of drug abuse. But yeah, he's mm-hmm. a he's a showcase. That's for sure. And I mean, how do you feel about all this? Because you haven't talked to him in a while, but uh, you know, you're clearly like I guess connected with him enough, or you're thinking about him enough. For you guys to bring him up to me. Yeah, definitely. We thought it'd just be a really good story. I mean, for me, it's not really like an emotional thing because it's been going on since, I mean, like I was, I mean, basically born, I guess. And Mm. I mean, I can remember little kid being involved in some stuff and just it being absolutely wild. I mean, he has a couple different personalities and that's for sure. <laughs> hmm. Do you ever think that that affected you at all when you were growing up? Oh yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Like being, you know, five, six years old and knowing what crack was and knowing what all these different, I guess, uh, different kinds of people. That's for sure. I mean, you know, bouncing around trailer parks and whatnot, you come across some interesting characters Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what about your mom? Do you still keep in contact with her? Oh, yeah, definitely. My mom, she was a lot different when she was with my dad. My mom, she's kind of like she had been with him so long that she didn't know anything different. But once she got away from him, Actually, she got a lot better the last time she talked to him, and it was actually the last day I talked to him as well. And it was on my wedding day, of all things. Oh, actually, no, my mom has had to keep up a little bit with him here and there because she's told us some stuff that recently he's been been doing, and it's, it's anything like it was when we were younger because, I mean, you know, mom could hide it pretty well, but me and mom stay in really good contact. I mean, I try to help her when I can, but, you know, getting my life started and then being able to be with her a lot, it's changed, that's for sure. But she definitely mm. is a lot more in my life than my dad. <laughs> mm. And has your relationship, so your relationship with your mom has gotten better, it sounds, once she got away from your dad? Yeah, definitely. Because she opened up. And I, and I knew that side of my mom because, you know, like when dad would be away or we would go do things without him, which was basically, I mean, all the time. He was there, not really in family events because he would start drama and she was a completely different person even when we were younger when he wasn't around. You said she was opening up to you. What kinds of things would she open up to you about? Uh, Just kind of like, uh, I guess her relationships and what she does day to day now instead of being, you know, kind of just like I'm with your dad type situation or whatever they were doing at the time. She's definitely showed more of her personality since cool. being away from him. Yeah, she's forming a bit more of her own identity in her own life. Yeah, because they got married. Uh, well, they actually was in a they both had kids with um i have two sets of stepbrothers one from my mom's side and one from my dad's side but i mean that was you know they were probably 1920 when they had their first kid and then they got together after that do you are you uh, in good touch with the brothers and the sisters oh yeah definitely i have a uh i have an older brother I actually have two older brothers, and they are both the stepbrothers, obviously. And I have mm. a full-blood young brother, and we adopted. She's technically my first cousin, but um, her third cousin, excuse me. But we adopted her because her parents, I mean, you know, were pretty close to the same as ours. I mean, 
you know, they, they didn't have a stable support system. So we took her in basically right around the time she was going into high school. So it sounds like a lot like you and uh, your, your step siblings. It sounds like a lot of you guys didn't have like super stable support systems. Is that accurate? Yeah, like, you know, I remember being 12, 13 years old and dad going out basically on crack binges or drug binges and, you know, us kind of fending for ourselves. But luckily the community we we moved to after we bounced around North Carolina a lot and moved into Tennessee, the town and the community was kind of helped us a lot. You know, me gaining friends and things like that helped us a lot. But, I mean, we fend for ourselves. But mom, for us, tried to be there no matter what. And But a lot of the times it came down to, you know, her dad, even, and my dad going and doing, you know, back to North Carolina and doing partying. And then would come back, you know, two, three weeks, maybe even a month at a time. Mm-hmm. So it it was a support system. <laughs> so when did you when did you meet your wife? Well, I actually, where the community we live in, it's uh, a smaller town. And I actually knew her probably when I was around like fifth, sixth grade. I knew of her and her family and knew her most of my life. And we actually started talking whenever I got out of technical school and or right around the end of it. So that would have been... I was I was about twenty years old and I'm twenty four mm-hmm. now. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is uh this is a, I'm very impressed with both of you guys because both of you guys are, are are you know seem to me to be very uh, uh, smart, stable people, even coming out of what sounds like a pretty crazy environment. Oh, definitely, and we appreciate you saying that. I mean, we try our best, but I mean, we are you know small town living couple or married couple and you know we're simple but we try to do our best on you know anything we can because we came from nothing and you know when me and her met it was it was a pretty close connection and we helped each other so Mm. it was good Mm. so you two continue to be the the greatest source of uh, support in uh, in each other's lives how do you two uh, support each other these days well, I mean, we, you know, we do the basics. We try to talk every day, make sure that, you know, we know what's going on in each other's lives and being there for each other, you know, no matter what circumstance and kind of just living off of that, that motto, you know, be there for each other. And that's kind of what we go by. <laughs> what is in the future for you two? Are we, uh, are we having a kid? We, we've definitely talked about it, and it's something, you know, that I'm not going to deny. And, you know, if it happens, it happens. I would not mind having children, and she wouldn't either. You know, she gets baby fever sometimes, and mm-hmm. and we, you know, we've not said no to it. So eventually there's definitely a good chance. <laughs> well, guys, thank you very much for uh, sharing your story uh, with us. Is there anything else that either you or Katie would like to say to the people at the computer before we go? Not necessarily the people at the computer, but thank you so much for taking my call. It made my night. Oh, my gosh. Oh, of course. Of course. Thank you guys very much for sharing with us. You guys have a good night. You, too. You, too. See you. See you, guys. Oh, oh I loved those guys. They were, they were so nice. They were so nice, and they really were describing, like, crazy shit. It's very interesting to me. I feel like I'm losing track of all the calls that we've taken on this show, but I feel like this has been a common theme of, like, people going into a retrospective about some crazy family situation they were in or whatever. And, um, like, you know, they were doing it with, like, a smile on their face and a very positive attitude and... uh, uh, I'm glad to hear that they were talking about how the community was supportive of them, even when their dad was going on crazy crack binges and shit. Um, and yeah, just a just a, a nice group of folks. It's always a pleasure to have a phone call with 
a couple of nice folks from a small town in Tennessee. Hello? Hello? This is David. Is this the gecko? This is the gecko. What's going on with you, David? Hey, man. How's it going, Lyle? Um, you know, you know it's not much, man. I'm just going pretty good. How are you? You know, I can't complain. I'll find a way, but I can't. You know, I'm, I'm just chilling, man. Enjoying the stream. Well, David, uh, how can I get you this evening? You know, that's a good question. Uh, so right now, I'm on campus doing a 3D sculpt of a friend who gave me her 3D head scan. And uh, it's at that point in the... I'm a digital sculptor, by the way. It's at that point in the sculpt where well, she's naked and uh, I'm trying to find a good way to pose her so I can put clothes on her. And uh, it's just a bit awkward, you know, just trying to pose a friend, <laughs> you know? Okay. You are 3D sculpting your friend. Uh, well, it says here, I'm going to say what it says here. It says here that uh, you're making a sculpture of uh, your friend. And this is nothing. This is physical. This is all on the computer. Yeah. Okay. So your friend gave you her head. And so you have her head on a digital naked body. And it says here that you are falling in love with this 3D model that you have of your friend's head. I don't know if that's accurate. I think our your your uh, your guy Tim might have been a little bit over exaggerating, but is he over exaggerating? You know, or are you it, it's, defensive? it's difficult. No, I think he's over exaggerating a little bit. Okay. I don't think I'm falling in love with the 3D model for sure, but okay. it is kind of weird just constantly staring at this this girl's face. Really? Why is uh, it weird? I don't think I'm growing feelings. I'm. I mean, well, she's attractive first off. Okay. And I don't know, man. It's just, it's just weird. I'm staring at her, her naked body, a digital equivalent, and figuring out like David, what to pose David. her as. David, are you, um, are you, this is your, your friend, are you, um, do you like her? Do you like, like her? Oh, Lyle. I mean, she has a boyfriend and I don't want to be, I see, I have a habit. I'm going to get off topic for a second, Lyle. I have a habit of falling for girls who are emotionally unavailable. So you are attracted to this person. Yeah, but I think it's better off as friends because she has a boyfriend. Okay. Um. So why are we having trouble with this 3D model thing? Well, I don't know, man. It's it's getting weird. Like I'm finding pictures of her to try to get like a decent reference, and I'm just staring at pictures of her like hours at a time, trying to to sculpt it. And it part of it feels weird. And I, I don't know if I'm setting myself up for another failure of, uh, I don't know how to put it, like just be getting attached to someone who I know is not emotionally available again, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it does make sense. And here's what I would say to you. Um, David, you have your life and you have your work, mm -hmm. your 3D sculptor. Uh, you're a professional 3D sculptor. You work in... What do you work in? Blender? What's, what's, well, the, I, what's the program? Uh, ZBrush. You work in ZBrush. Damn, okay. Lyle, I, I did not know you, you knew any in, programs. I, I don't. I know Blender. And now I know ZBrush. <laughs> hey, man, that's two. Okay, you're working in Blender. So, listen, David, if you're a professional sculptor... Mm. Uh, and you also have your own personal life. Separate those two things. So if you're going to make a 3D model right. of your friends, make a 3D model of your friends. And if you're going to... Uh, th this whole thing, it doesn't need to be as complicated as you're making it out to be. Do you agree Fair. with me on that, or do you disagree with me on that? Oh, absolutely. 
Okay, you're making this I, too I agree with you 100%. You're making this too complicated for yourself, David. If you are attracted to someone and they are in a relationship or they're not attracted to you, you just move on, David. Find Fair. and you're 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 a hopeless romantic boy. Go find another person to be hopelessly romantic about. Hopefully somebody who will uh, be hopelessly romantic about you as well. But don't waste your. What are you? What are you doing? Wasting your time, like engulfing yourself in this fantasy with the three D model thing. Like, stop it. Get out of this. Get your head out of this like okay. weird three D because you you like. It's great that you have a passion that you're pursuing. It's three D modeling thing. Go do that. Go pursue that. And then it's great that you have the emotional capacity to uh, be attracted to other human beings that you see in this world. This is a wonderful part of the human experience. Go enjoy that part of the human experience. But don't engage in these fantasies that you're having because they're, they're not serving you in any way, shape, or form. So don't engage I, with them. I don't know don't, really what... Don't, 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 don't romanticize them. I'm hearing you like romanticize them. Just don't. Hmm. I'm trying not to. That's the thing. Okay. But like, I'm at this point where I I would like to keep going with the sculpture because I think it's a good concept. I don't know if I should just start from scratch and follow the concept and just leave her out of it or what, but I've already put a good chunk of time into it. Uh, I don't know. The, the trouble is trying to not romanticize it because it, it's Why is just that a there. trouble for you? It's because we, I, I don't know. Uh, I feel like we click decently well. David, you're uh, in charge. Just, David, mm. you're in charge. Yeah. You're in charge, David. You get to decide what, which of your fantasies you're going to indulge in. Okay. So your brain is going to try to get you to have this weird fantasy where, like, you're in a movie and it's about this 3D sculptor guy and he's sculpting this girl, but she's a boy. Don't engage, don't engage with that fantasy, David. I want, I want so That's much terrible, more. I, terrible movie. I want so much more for I would not watch that movie. Than sitting in this fantasy. Because this girl's got, don't wait. I mean, I've got a boyfriend. She, she's your friend. Like, dude. There is so much more for you outside of this fantasy. Go pursue that, and and don't be wasting time here. In in this in this strange daydream that you're having, can you do that for me? I really want you to see outside of this. Absolutely, for you, Lyle. Anything? Don't no, don't do it. For, I don't want you to do it for me. I want you to do it for yourself. That was okay. I'll do it for me now. Okay, good. You don't, this is not for you at all anymore, Lyle. I'm like, I'm like fucking with you here a little bit, and I want to hear what you actually have to think about what the conversation that we're having. Because I feel like I'm not letting you talk as much. Uh, I mean, okay. I, I agree with a lot of your points, but I don't feel like I'm, I'm... I don't feel like I'm romanticizing this as much as it may seem over the call. It, it, it's just something that I'm having trouble with even as just a platonic thing, it's weird. Like, even if it was, like, a friend, like, a, a dude friend of mine, and they gave me their head sculpt and just having to pose them and deal with something. Dude, I've had a conversation with this person about milk duds. I've never <laughs> sculpted someone's face or, or just, I don't know. It, it feels weird to have a, you, a digital version of a friend just there. What are you, what are you talking about with milk duds? <laughs> It's just like we've had an actual real human conversation before. I've never sculpted somebody that I've, you know, have weird conversations with. It, it's okay, so, uh, all right. Different. David, I'm going to, David, listen. Are you, you're like switching up your story on me here. I don't know if you're like, don't want to admit something. I don't know if you are like, feel like you gave a wrong impression, but you're telling me here that you, you're telling me all these, you're telling me like, 500 different things you're telling me that you have this like 
thing where you fall in love with people who are emotionally available. You're telling me this thing where you romanticize. Like, where where are we with this? Be honest with me. Tell me where we are honestly with this. And then it, whatever you tell me next is the angle that we're going to go with and that we're going to end on. Okay. Tell me the honest I angle. I mean, I'm... The honest angle is that I, I, I'm trying to not romanticize the situation. Okay. Great. And I do feel like I am in control and I am a professional and I can do Great. that. I agree with you. I think that too. I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I appreciate you talking to me, Lyle. Of course. Of course. Um, I'm sorry if uh, if I seemed like I was like getting mad at you. I'm not mad. I'm just trying to get us on like a, a page because we're going all over the place here. Um, no, I don't. Here's, I, I didn't get that vibe. Here's the, fi- here's the final thing I'll tell you if you're having trouble with this. Um, first of all, if you have a platonic uh, uh, friend of the opposite gender or of the same, or doesn't, the gender doesn't matter. But if you have a, 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 a platonic friend who you are romantically attracted to and you feel as though that romantic attraction is getting in the way of your friendship, I, I do believe it is okay to, um, for the sake of yourself, limit exposure and interaction to that person. That's one. Um, and then two, uh, if you feel as though these... R- romanticizations are persistent you can ignore them or you can go and sculpt something else but it it is within your power to ignore them it is within your power that's what mindfulness is when you observe your thoughts and Hmm. go oh I'm in this thought pattern that's not good for me I am going to steer away from it that is within your control as a human being. So I'll just tell you those things. Is there anything else you want to say to the people <laughs> on the computer before we go? Uh, shout out Tim. Shout out the uh, guy who set me up, Tim. I appreciate him. He's a good man. David, thank you very much for calling and sharing, and I wish you good luck. Hey, you too, Lyle. Have a good one. You too, man. Take care. There is also another thing about um, falling in love with the idea of a person. Which I think we all do, especially now. Like, if you have a crush on someone uh, and you're, like, looking at their Instagram a lot, you know. Or if you have a crush on someone and it's someone you've been texting and, uh, you know, keeping in contact with over social media. Um, you almost are doing exactly what David is doing, where you're forming this idea of a person uh, based on some digital persona. I've done this, you know. Everyone does that. It's a weird thing. But we all kind of do it. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Let's talk to Juan. Hello, Juan. Oh, yeah, there you go. What's going on? Uh, Juan, what's going on with you today? Uh, nothing. I just kind of wanted to tell a story. Just get something off my chest. You know what I mean? Okay. What's the story? Um, well, I guess like, just like to round it up, like sum it up. It's just, um, like back in the day, um, I was hanging out around a lot with my cousin, like he was an older cousin and, um, we ended up robbing the liquor store. Um, I was like around like nine, ten when everything went down. Yeah. Um, 
it's kind of like a long story. It's like a two-part story. I don't want to like, you know what I mean? Like keep you on the line too long, give everyone a chance and all, you know? Well, okay, so you were nine years old, hanging out with your older cousin. Mm-hmm. How old was your cousin? He was probably like 17, 18. Really? And he, yeah. how did he get you involved in robbing a liquor store with him? Well, we were kind of, you know, we were kind of breaking into homes um, already. All this happened, like, back in, like, 2009, 2010. Um, yeah, we, um, it all just started just kind of, like, just, like, after school activities, I guess. You know, just getting into shit we weren't even supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, but... um. Uh, we actually ended up breaking into a home and um, I guess the owner was a gun fanatic and he had a, a lot of a lot of weapons and um, you know that was like I guess like the main target that we took we just uh, it was mostly me and him kind of everyone else kind of just kind of did their own thing but it was just it was always just me and him just you know we'd go like literally right after school because we knew like you know, what houses didn't have, you know, kids and like, you know, usually everyone's like still at work during like the day. So, you know, it's just like it's prime time, you know. So what is like your thought process about what you're doing when you're nine? Are you like, oh, this is fucked up or, oh, this is kind of cool or what's yeah, going through your head about like what a, you're doing? It definitely was like a. I guess like older looking back, you know what I mean? It just like, a, it felt like a, I idolized that lifestyle. I felt like, you know what I mean? It was cool. Like, you know, no one could tell you nothing, you know, like, I don't know. It was just dumb. You know what I mean? Looking back. It did was you, dumb. did you, when you were nine, did you, did you handle any weapons? Did you have any guns or anything like that? Um, well, not personally, just because I feel like I hang around a lot of older homies. So they kind of showed me how to like do things like, like you said, it's not having weapons on you, and it's just like we had stash spots like around the neighborhood where it's like, you know, if something were to happen and you need to grab something, you know where to go to hold it. Okay. If you never held it. On so you, person. so you would stash weapons around the neighborhood where you knew where they were in case if you needed them. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, and so you were nine when you robbed this liquor store. Uh, and how did that go down exactly? It was just you and your cousin? Yeah, it was mostly me and him. Like, he had, like, you know, his friends, and they were, you know, run missions on their own end, but it was just, you know, when, you know, stuff had to go down, it was usually, usually he would call me to go with him. And then, um, yeah, I remember it literally just, like, so vague. If I closed my eyes, I could remember, like, the sun in my face. Like, I remember it was hot, and, like, um... Yeah, like, we all had, like, a, a meet-up spot, like, because we stayed in some apartments, and, like, uh, we always had, like, a meet-up spot near, like, the garbage, like, where they throw the yeah. trash. And, like, we all met up back there, and, um, you know, you laid out the plan, and um, we had eyes looking out, and those, but I, I was going to be me and him who stepped into the store. Yeah, what was your uh, like sort of job in all of this? Um, so, you know, me being really young, um, he, you know, he was going to be like the front of the house, basically, like, you know, getting everything behind the register. And like, um, I was going to be basically securing goods. I was walking with them on the side of the road, not on the side of the road, but like on the sidewalk and stuff. And like, um, yeah, I was walking with him and I remember he took off his hoodie and like, it was hot and he told me to put it on and I put it on. And, um, I mean, I already knew what I was gonna go do you know we it was already premeditated and everything um okay, he so, your, so your friends. job was to was to protect him is that what you're saying nah it was just like um because all this shit was like laid out it was like four people in play but it was like someone went in made sure the store was clear bought a little something then they left yeah. and they gave us the cue to like you know walk in when the store was empty and i tucked in the hoodie he gave me into my waistline to make it into like little pockets and as soon as he hit the fucking door it was like green light and like i already knew what i had to go do which was like go to the fucking beer section and start stuffing beer into like the hoodie and like mm-hmm. because i took it into my waistband it just made like a big old backpack 
so I just started grabbing just like beer and like liquor and literally I feel like you know even back then just thinking about it I was just like you know a little regret so like of course I went for like chips and like you know snacks and I was thinking about mm-hmm. like you know soda pops and stuff yeah. you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so yeah, that was like my thing like he was you know. so so what what was going on with your like parents at the time like did they or your your cousin's parents have any idea what you guys were doing I felt like, um, you know, he was definitely older, so he took a lot of the heat, and he, you know, it was mostly like him. And um, I feel like, so, you know, so I feel they like found out like, what you, know, you guys were doing. Did, were they were they aware that you guys were doing all? Yeah. This? And what what what, yeah, what, what sort of went down like, when they found out that you guys were doing all this shit? Uh, the cops came to the door, and like, um, they knew exactly who they were gunning for, and like, um, so, uh, so I guess like uh, one of the houses we ended up breaking into. Uh, one of the neighbors ended up watching the shit go down and like they saw us like bust a window and walk in and like um yeah i mean we got everything and we left before the cops ever arrived but we didn't know there was a witness and like um they were able to like identify um you know us and stuff like that and then sure sure yeah um yeah, and ended up just like pointing the finger, like, "Oh, yeah, that." Well, tell me, there. tell me, I tell me less. Permit. Tell me less about the how, and uh, th- tell me less about how you guys got caught, because I'm not as interested in how you guys got caught as I am in how your parents reacted when you did. Um, I feel like, um, I felt like no one really knew. I was kind of like super involved because they knew I would hang out with them and stuff like that, but it was never like. I don't know. I felt like everyone just kind of saw me like as a good kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just kind of like really tried to play that role. And it was mm-hmm. like a, whenever the cops showed up to the house, it was during a family event. We were at a party at my Diaz house, which is like, you know, my cousin's mom. And like we were all right there. And like there was a banging on the door. You know, and we turned on the music and like they opened up and they were like, yeah, we're looking for Julano. And like, they're like, oh, you know, we have reports. Like, we just want to ask him some questions. And like, mm. you know, when they opened the door, they saw him like literally right there, like standing right there. So that just gave him like green light to like step in and like arrest him right in front of everybody. And like, they were saying that so, the witness, um, go ahead and continue. So Juan, so tell me about um, like now. Okay. Do you still keep in contact with your cousin? Nah, because all this happened, like, a long time ago, and it happened in California, and, like, um, a little, I feel like, you know, just um, my parents, I felt like they, they started hearing all the static that was kind of going around, and they kind of just packed their bags, and we just kind of drove out here to Texas, and, like, um, I've been stationed out here since then, you know what I mean? And, okay, so so yeah, part of I your just, parents' um, reaction, so part of your parents' reaction was to move away from, from your cousin and his family? Yeah, definitely, it was just, um just my less influences you know what i mean bad influences it's just okay you know? so i mean that's a pretty that's pretty wild wild stuff for you to be doing at nine um do you feel like and you are also saying that you looked up to your cousin and you sort of idolized this kind of lifestyle um so even after you stopped hanging out with your cousin were you still like getting into trouble at like you know, in middle school and high school? Uh, for sure. Uh, I feel like, you know, like, you know, fresh face on the block. I felt like I had something to prove. So I was just wilding out, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually, I did end up getting picked up and it was like a whole thing. But I feel what like... Do you mean it, by, you what know, do you mean by what is, what is picked up mean? Like picked up by the law. Like I was like, eventually like, you know, apprehended, like arrested and stuff like that. Okay. And when you were arrested, how long were you... Uh, were you were you were you put in jail for like a day or two it was like okay. real quick i got mm-hmm. picked up for like having a half ounce of butt on me but they were trying okay. to put a lot of stuff on me because it was individually packaged and they were trying to say i was like distributing on so school property and you know so but, um, tell me yeah, about really tell me about now lawyer, what do you do now so. uh well right now i'm working at a warehouse you know what I mean? As a forklift operator, um, mm-hmm. I got my own little fucking corner of the world right here uh, with my fiance. Uh, we're planning on getting married in August. Um, you know, Lord willing. And um, yeah, no, I mean, she helped me out through a lot. I feel like she really done straightened me out. You know, 
really does. Really? In what way do you believe like, that she straightened you out? Um, I just started to stop taking like a lot of Zans and like, you know what I mean? I feel like, you know, having someone, you know, that cares about you that much, you know, you hate doing stuff that would hurt them, I guess. And, you know, I feel like I would, I would try to take my care of myself a little bit better just like you know for her sake and it was just like overall it was like um, yeah it was rough you know hmm. well, I'm glad to hear it sounds like uh, it sounds like you're on an upward trajectory it sounds like you've you've had this like, oh man right I'm trying yeah yeah, yeah. You say, so you say you're trying yeah for sure tell me it's a not, little bit about anything. the like the transition between you know, because it doesn't sound you. Do you do you do any sort of like, like wild shit now? Uh, nah. I feel like not wild. I think like the wildest thing we do now is just like go out to eat and like drink a little bit and then come home. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah, I think uh, going out to drink is not exactly what I mean by wild shit, but that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> Right. So tell me when you sort of transitioned because you kind of seemed like you were on like a a trajectory to like either really get fucked up in a fight, you know, if you're running around using using guns and having you know doing all this shit with the stash box, or you know accidentally doing something really fucked up and winding up in jail for a long time, but you didn't, and now you got a, a nice little thing going on. As you say, you're on corner of the universe with your fiance and. Yeah. You know, hoping to have a child and, you know, all this, all this great stuff. Um, what made you kind of transition away? Because you're still pretty young. It says you're 22. Um, so what kind of made you transition away from, you know, doing all this, all this stuff to where you are now? Uh, I think definitely just like a really taking a step back and really looking at like I guess like my atmosphere and my environment just because um you know I mean they're my cousins so they're family and like even my mom now to this day she keeps track of them like through Facebook and stuff like that and like sometimes mm -hmm. she'd be like oh look you remember you know Hulano and like she shows me a picture and like just seeing him like covered in tats like he doesn't even look like the person I remember, you know what I mean? And it's just like, a, it's kind of sad, you know what I mean? Just because, like, I'm like, I know he wasn't that much older than me. And it was like, um, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, damn, it's just. And then, you know, seeing, you know, the friends that I've made here, like, struggle with, like, addiction and, and shit like that. It's just kind of, you know, I don't want that for myself, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I got my siblings and it's just, you know. When you look at uh, your brother, uh, not your brother, your cousin, and you're like, oh, I don't even recognize him anymore. Did you sort of uh, see yourself in that and go, oh, I don't want to end up, you know, not recognizing an older picture of myself or anything like that? Yeah, um, stuff like that. And it was just like, um, I feel like especially like, um, you know, as I got older, I feel like, you know, my eyes widened a little more. And like, um, you know, seeing my siblings, like, um. I just don't want them to repeat what I've done. And like, um, and I see that now with my little brother, like uh, he just turned 18 and like, no, nah, I went, I went over and like, you know, chatted up with him and stuff like that. And it was like, um, yeah, uh, I guess like seeing his point of view, like he was idolizing that life too. And I was just like, yo, that ain't it. You know what I mean? Cause when my cousin got arrested and like, you know, they said there was a second person with you entering that home. He took the rap for everything. He looked at me straight in the eye and like, he didn't say nothing. Like he was just like, nah, it was just me. And like later on, you know, I feel like I just took like an oath of silence and it was just, I carried that with me like forever. You know what I mean? Like the only person that I've ever told is like literally my fiance. It's just like, you know, I don't know. I just don't like thinking about that stuff. It makes me feel bad. Well, Juan, I'm uh, I'm glad to hear that you're being a good role model for your brother. I'm glad to hear that you found uh, a person in your life who seems to be a great source of stability for you. And I'm glad to hear that you have uh, things going on in the future that you're excited about. Man, definitely, for sure. Oh, my God. I never thought I was going to get through you know, this. Wow. <laughs> uh, Juan, is there anything else you want to say to the people of the computer before we go? 
Yeah, man. Don't let the wrong style destroy your dreams. You know, believe in yourself. And uh, I want to just give a big shout out to the Boys and Girls Club. You know, I feel like they really didn't help me out a lot in my youth. And, you know, one day when I'm rich and famous, I'll be able to give back, you know. But, yeah. Hey, when you're rich and famous, can I have $30? My guy, I would take you out to eat. And I'll pay for the tab. And you could keep the $30, you know. Okay, good. I'm going to hold you to that. All right, Mr. Cake, I really appreciate you and what you do. Hey, nice thank night. you for calling, Juan. Thanks for sharing, man. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. All right, likewise. Bye. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello? Hi. What's up? Not a whole lot. I'm I'm checking out my goldfish right now. How are you? You are checking out your goldfish right now. What what does uh what does that mean? Well, I'm I'm sitting in front of I'm sitting in front of her tank and you know, she's just like doing her thing. I'm just checking it out, you know, she's very silly. Um she'll like like she'll like react to my finger if I put it in front of her. Um and it's really funny. And sometimes she'll splash water on me cuz she's a little bit of a bitch, but you know what? I love her. Uh, what made you want to get a goldfish? Well, I had at one point, um, I had like six tanks set up. Um, and I had like different kinds of fish in all of them. Um, but I hadn't had a goldfish yet. Um, mostly because uh, it's kind of like not well known. But goldfish actually live a really long time. And they can get up like big, like like koi fish big, like a foot long. Um, so I knew that it was going to require um, like a bigger tank. Um, and at the time, I like didn't have the space for it. Um, but I made some like rearrangements. I got a nice table for it. Um, and she's up there. She's uh, it's right next to our bed. Um, she's got a couple little placos in there with her. Those are the little sucker fish. And then she's also got um, a beta in there with her and some snails. She's a happy girl. Uh, so Maddie, what is it that you would like to talk about today? Um, well, I called you um, to talk about uh, my current um, unhealthy obsession um, that has kind of put me in a weird position um, that I kind of feel like trapped in now just because of the results that I've seen. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how the call screen awarded it. Do you want to read it or should I just go ahead and start? Uh Go ahead and go ahead and tell me. Okay, okay. So um, I collect uh, this brand of stuffed animal. Um, it's called Squishable. They make um, really, really like high quality um, stuffed animals. Uh, they don't. They're not specifically animals. Like they have a whole line of um, food food style ones. They're called the comfort foods, um, and they're so cool. Like they have anything you could think of, like broccoli lemons watermelon oh this carrots. is uh this is yes it says here you're addicted to squishables i've heard of yeah. squishables trying to make a gecko squishable at some point i would love to make a therapy gecko squishable i gotta I'll get have them on to the phone see. i don't know if they have a gecko actually now that you said that they might like maybe an older version but no they, no no not, not just really any gecko them. i'm talking about me i want my face on it Oh, you want it to be you. Okay, like they pro- they do collaborations with people sometimes, okay. you know? Maybe it's in the cards. Okay. Well, so anyway, it says that it says here that you have an addiction. Wait, okay, hold on. It says here you have over 300 of them? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it says here um, you have so- 300 of them. I haven't counted recently, but the last time that I did count, I was bordering on 200, and it's been a few months now. So, I'm. I, just, that's, I feel like that's a pretty healthy guess. What is it that is driving your obsession? Um, there are cute little faces, 
and the fact that they are just like the most huggable things in the world and they're so soft like they're the softest thing you've ever felt and it's like i feel like every time i touch it like i'm taking a hit of like drug you know like it's just like gives me that feel good in my brain and there's there's nothing else like it um okay you know, so like, you have I, hundreds of these and uh -huh. how much do they cost per unit well, it depends um, because they're kind of they're pretty popular. Um, so, and something that they do is they cycle through designs. So, um, they have a whole like huge list of retired designs. Um, so they don't make give them me, anymore. Me, so they're more. Give me a range. Give me a range. Um, give me a wide range. Like even. twenty to two hundred dollars. Twenty to two hundred dollars. Tell me what is the most expensive one that you've purchased. About two fifty. Okay. Uh, so minimum, the floor is twenty dollars. Yeah, about you know, I mean, if you get like if you get lucky and somebody's just trying to get rid of like a little tiny one that they have, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you get it for like five ten bucks. But if you're trying to get one that's in, you know, it's in good condition, you know, you're gonna be spending at least twenty dollars for shipping. And approximately how much money have you spent on these squishmallows? Um, so I have been, I have done the math before. It's been at least like a month since I've done the math. Um, if I, okay, this is gonna be so bad. It's probably gonna be more than like $8,000. Okay. And how are you funding your Squishmallow addiction? So, all right. So. It started last year, like December-ish, um, because where I work at, um, we have a huge, like, holiday season where, you know, we're putting out all these specialty holiday merchandise. You know, we got the, the holiday, um, like, the flavors and stuff, you know, because I work at, a like, a retail, like, a fast food type deal. Um, so we're serving, you know, the holiday uh, drinks. We're serving the holiday food, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, um, work at a Starbucks. And uh, yeah, yeah. So at the end of it, uh, at the end of the season, we throw all this shit away um, that we don't use. Like they give us like a like a date, and then when that date comes, they gotta go. Um, okay. So I have happened to weasel my way into handling the marking out and disposing of the product. Um, and usually, like, I'm there, like, closing at night. So I just took, I was like, you know, okay, yeah, I'll take the trash out, guys. And then I took it all, all that stuff and just put it behind the dumpster. Because um, it's not, like, a locked thing at all. Um, yep. So I just drove up there and grabbed it and then took it home. Um, and once that, you know, I started selling it, like, on eBay. And once that stuff uh, was listed, it sold fast. Um so I was like, I kind of was like, oh, shit. Like, I, it kind of got me hooked. Um, so I, after I was done with all the holiday stuff, I just started doing regular stuff. Um, and how and, much money have you made from selling these holiday items? Um, a good week, like a good week, I can get towards like $1,000. Do you make more money selling the merchandise than you do actually working at your job? Oh yeah, uh, my average paycheck is like five hundred bucks versus a thousand. So, yeah, versus a thousand a week. <laughs> it's you know, it's like it's it's really tough because not only have I been able to like feed this bit of an addiction, but I am actually putting money towards things that matter in my life. You know, like we needed uh, a new bed really bad. So I replaced the mattress, the frame, you know, I got everything new. So that's really, really nice. That's been great. Like, you know, like in, on a subconscious level for the health, you know, um, I helped fix our car. Uh, you know, I, I put money towards a lot of other things in our lives besides the the stuffed animals, you know, so it's, it's you really hard. You just put the most money like... toward the Squishmallows. Yeah, exactly. Um, hmm. so, is any kind part of, an, of you kind of in a bind now? Is any part of you afraid that you will get caught for doing this? Um, I mean, there's always like 
okay, let me back up there. Um, yes, only because um, I have been caught stealing um, outside of this situation. I unfortunately am kind of a kleptomaniac. Um, there is a reason for that, um, but I have not gotten a proper hold on it. Um, so I did have an incident where I was caught stealing something at a different uh, establishment. Um, and I didn't get arrested because uh, I had never done anything before. Uh, so, and I was really nice um, and just honest with them. And they were like, okay, all right, yeah, that's cool, dude. Um, you know, I had to go to court and like no contest. Uh, so I think it is on my record, but I just had to pay a fine. Um, which I just got done paying off, actually. Mm. So it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but I do, you know, have that lingering fear. But I also don't because it's extremely um, easy to do this in my work. I've been there for many years now. Um, so I have a really good rapport. People trust me. Um, I put away the weekly order of our shipments anyway. So I know how much we get every week. And how fast we go through it normally. So I kind uh, of. You said like, that by the. I, I gotta interrupt you. You said that you're a, you you know the reason as to why you're a kleptomaniac. Yes. What what is that reason? Um. So, I didn't have a super great family situation growing up, um, and my mom kind of fed into that habit of mine. Um. It it. I know like exactly the day that it really clicked. Um, me and her went to a, uh, a big, this crystal shop um, in the flea market. And I took like $400 for the crystals and I stuffed them in my bra. Um, so when we got to the car, I started pulling shit out and she was just laughing her ass off. And she was like, mm. Maddie, that's so fucking awesome. That's badass, you know? And I just kind of, kept doing that stuff and she never said that that was bad or not good so it just kind of mm. solidified in my head and now I have a problem hmm interesting uh have you talked to your mom about that oh yeah um she knows that I got arrested um does and, she regret you know, she, not she, she, telling you that um does she regret not telling you that stealing was was wrong when you were younger um i don't i don't really think so no uh that's most certainly not the worst of the things that she has allowed to happen to you know her children growing up under her supervision so no she 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 kind of was just like you know i get it i'm not judging you you know she's she's also had a habit of grand theft throughout the years so no i don't think she cared that much so, before we go, Maddie, um, in the future, do you see yourself slowing down on stealing things, or does 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 any part of you want to stop stealing stuff, or you know what's what's your own sort of personal take on your on your habits? If you were to get on a little step ladder and look at yourself from above, what do you? observing what are you hoping for the future um i definitely would like to slow down you know like my my husband has definitely expressed his concerns um and you know i definitely know myself to kind of have a little bit of hubris in this department so ideally yes um it, it's hard you know it's really hard i've been battling this kind of thing for a while it's hard because it's so easy you know, like I have access to all the cameras in the back room, so I know exactly where they're like, I can look at them while I'm taking the stuff off the shelf and show that I'm not on the camera. So, like, it's just so hard because it's so easy. But I would ideally, yes, like to like to not do it as much anymore, which I did better at the past couple of days that I've worked. So, you know, yeah, it's something. Well, good luck to you in trying to uh, beat your habit and. You know, I hope that with Squishmallows, I wonder if it'll be like Beanie Babies where they go up in value. Actually, I think the Beanie Babies go up in value or down in value? 
Like in ten years, I'm I pretty sure Beanie Babies will be worth. Like I think they, I think they had like a spike and then they crashed real hard. If I'm understanding right, but I mean that's okay. kind of what's happening now. Like I said, people are selling these things for like three hundred bucks, some of them. So maybe. <laughs> well, I look and I hope you make a profit, or if if you uh, lose it all, I hope you enjoyed the ride getting there. Oh, I will. <laughs> thank you so much for your time, Lyle. Of course, thank you for calling, Maddie. Yep. Have a good one. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.